Welcome to God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained, where you get insight surrounding God, the Bible, and spiritual things that you may or may not have heard before. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, God's Child. Today's Right Now Word is Beware of Distractions. I was preparing another message for this episode, but the Lord brought this to me as the utmost importance and urgency to share. So let's get right into it. God lets us know in his word that Satan's main modes of operation come in the form of stealing, killing, and destroying. Basically, all his evil tactics and schemes fit under one, if not more of them. Although most look for the boogeyman when they think about Satan and evil, many times he don't come at you like that. Sometimes he does something less obvious and doesn't signal you to put up a guard. Think about Eve and when the serpent came talking to her. Apparently, she was so used to the animals that she wasn't even alarmed by him, which is how Satan was able to deceive her. The Bible even tells us, according to 2 Corinthians 11, verses 14 through 15, that Satan perpetrates like an angel of light. A good guy, y'all. And so do many that do his dirty work, which is why 1 John 4, verse 1 also tells us not to believe every spirit off the bat, but to test them things to see if there be a God. Basically, because there are many out there purposefully deceiving. Well... God let me know that Satan's on the attack right now. And anybody who for real, for real knows God and is used by or has the potential to be used by God is on his hit list. And one of the biggest things he's already started doing and will be doing is trying to distract us from what we're doing. The things God has blessed and equipped us to do and those things that are important for us to focus on at this time. Why? Because when we're doing these things, we're doing what we're called to do according to his purpose and therefore making major impact. Good for the kingdom of God, which means bad for the kingdom of Satan. Because his plots, plans, and schemes are more likely to get busted. And in order for Satan to accomplish some of the major things he has planned for now and the near future, he wants as little resistance as possible. So sometimes instead of doing things that have the boogeyman effect, he and his minions are doing things that are absolutely obvious to those who operate in the spirit, but less obvious that they're meant to have you focus on them to the point that you're spending valuable time energy and resources on them that should be spent on things that you are blessed and equipped to do and that are important to focus on at that point in time. Hence, his strategy of distraction is successful if he and his minions are able to get you to do this. That gives them much less resistance to deal with while they're working to bring about their bigger sadistic plans and agendas if they can get those in the kingdom of God focused on fighting or doing things that are actually not important or relevant in the natural nor spiritual world.
So you need to be very, very aware of what's going on in your life and what's coming against you. Weapons Satan used may for real, for real look like dangerous weapons, but they don't always. You've heard the world talk about weapons of mass destruction. Well, the enemy will use weapons of mass distraction. If he can't get rid of you or stop you, he'll distract you. Remember, he likes disguises. So as a master at masking evil intents in the best believably good costumes. Therefore, do like the word says, test the spirits to see if they be a God. Something may sound or appear good, but is it really God? Remember, Satan has minions, but can also influence or possess others, just like he did with the serpent and with Judas. They may present an opportunity to you, seek your help, or accuse you of not doing something perceived as good. But it ain't God, not at that moment. A prime example of this, Satan's distractions, is found in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8, which reads, Therefore, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a dinner there, and Martha was serving, and Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very expensive perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, you know, the one who intended to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the proceeds given to the poor? Now, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he kept the money by he used to steal from what was in it. <laughs> Therefore, Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always had a pool with you, but you don't always have me. Did you hear that? Did you see that in your mind? A good thing, but not a God thing up in here. You got a good thing that Judas himself is mentioning why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the proceeds given to the poor? Yeah, it sounds like a good thing. It is a good thing. But at that moment, it was not a God thing. The God thing was what Jesus said. He said, she is doing this for the day of my burial. That's what she was focusing on when she anointed him. So that was the focus for that time. And she was blessed and equipped to do that because she had them saved up that perfume. More than likely, she didn't know that's what she was saving it up for when she first started saving it. But when the time came, the God thing came to her to anoint Jesus with this because he was about to give his life. And Jesus let us know what the God thing was that was needed to be focused on was his burial, which is why she was anointing him. And then you got Judas, uh the one who says he intended to betray Jesus and he was a thief and he kept the money box and he used to steal from whatever they put in it. Mm-hmm. That Judas right there. Remember how I said Satan 
is a master, a master at masking evil intents in the best believably good costumes. Well, here you go, right there. You got Judas with that evil intent. He didn't, it said he didn't care nothing about the poor. He said that he said a good thing, but in his heart, he didn't mean a good thing. He was more than likely thinking, like it said, he was a thief and he used to steal from whatever was put in the money back because he was basically the treasurer for Jesus and the other apostles. So he used to steal from it. So he was more than likely thinking, ooh, 300 denarii. Ooh, I'm going to take my little cut of that right there. He wouldn't think about no poor. He used that as a believably good costume to mask his evil intent of, I want to steal from this money. This this perfume shouldn't have been on Jesus. You should have sold it. So we could have taken that money and we could have blessed the poor with it. No, he was going to bless his, I don't know if they had pockets back then, <laughs> but bless his pockets if they were, were to have pockets. Are we going to talk figurative pockets, okay? So you see, he was trying to distract from the God thing that she was doing at that moment by bringing in something or basically he was accusing her of not doing a good thing but that good thing although good yes blessing the poor is good it wasn't the god thing at that moment to focus on okay and for her to do what she was blessed and equipped to do at that time because she was the one who had that perfume to do it at that time to anoint jesus with so that's what it's like when the enemy is using weapons of mass distraction. Sometimes he's not coming looking like the boogeyman. He'll be like Judas presenting himself as if he's really caring about something good. Oh, you didn't do this. You should. You could have gave that to the poor. Mm-mm, baby. Like the word says, test the spirits and see if they be of God. So beware of distractions. Ask yourself if whatever is presented to you are coming against you, helping you do what you've been blessed and equipped to do for what you believe God wants you doing right at that time, or if it's taking your focus away from something more important you should be doing. But don't just take my word for it. I encourage you to do your own study, pray, and read the Bible so you can know that you know that you know. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in order to receive eternal salvation but would like to, according to Romans chapter 10 verse 9, all you have to do is confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Want a little help with that? Repeat this simple prayer after me. Lord God, forgive me for my sins. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again so that I may have eternal life in you. So I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. It's as simple as that. Now you're part of the family of God. Wherever you are, find a local church or a group of believers that can help and support you on your new journey in your new life in Christ Jesus. Many blessings to you as you walk in who God created you to be, doing what he blessed and equipped you to do. You are God's child.
Want to bless or show support for God, the Bible, and spiritual things explained? Well, you're welcome to send a financial gift to Cash App using cash tag G-T-B-S-T-E. You're also invited to pick up a little inspired merch from our store at zazzle.com forward slash store forward slash G-T-B-S-T-E. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with other listeners. Thank you in advance and God bless you as he blesses those who bless his children. Catch you another time, another day, another episode for God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained.